Thanks for tuning into the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your happiness practice using play theory, a life strategy that helps you achieve happiness through hope, creativity, and validation of self and others. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we know that our attitude plays a huge role in how we handle the challenges that come our way. So listen up as we focus on the positive and share tips and practices to improve your happiness game. I'm Larie Florence, and I'll be your host for episode 101 of the Happiness Playbook. Today, we're talking about being wholly present, or is it the holy presence, or maybe it's a holy pair of jeans. Confused? Stick around, because I'll be sharing some intriguing thoughts about being present that will pay big dividends in your happiness strategy. But before we get to that, it's time for our team huddle. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we like to think of ourselves as your happiness personal trainer. And just like with a personal fitness trainer, we can only do so much, and then it's up to you. We meet here once a week, and I try to inspire you and give you tips and share a weekly workout plan, which we call the play of the week. And then it's up to you to see it through. What did you think of last week's mini play theory workout celebrating our 100th episode? Were you able to do it? How did it go? Please let us know if you found value in it. We love your feedback. Happiness is a practice, and that means it's up to you to do it. So how are you doing? We'd love to hear about the experiences you're having applying these principles in your day-to-day life. Let us know. Leave a comment on playtheory.org or on the Happiness Playbook on Instagram or on Play Theory's page on Facebook. We really appreciate those five-star ratings and wonderful reviews. Thank you. It's a bummer that we have to play the game of algorithms, or is it algorithms? Whatever, however you say it. But that's the medium we're in. The more activity our page gets or our Instagram uh, posts get, then the more exposure they get, which means more people then see what we're up to, and more people can be served by these life-changing ideas. So thank you again to those who follow on social media, like and comment our posts, and a big cyber gratitude hug to those of you who are sharing the episodes with others and posting comments. That really helps us spread the word about our, our message here. Our numbers are growing, and that is a reflection of your participation on the happiness team. Way to go. Keep it up. Can you imagine a world where everyone is on Team Happy? That is something to aspire to. All right, it's time for our play of the week. Today, we're talking about the words holy, holy, and holy. In case that wasn't clear, let me repeat myself. Holy, holy, and holy. Still missed it? Okay, I'll spell it out for you. Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, H-O-L-Y, and holy, H-O-L-E-L-Y. Tricky stuff. They sound like the same word, but a closer examination, they're very different. Holy, or W-H-O-L-L-Y, is what we're talking about when we say be present. Be where you are with all of your focus and attention. Holy present is intentionality, mindfulness, and awareness. We're holy present when we're focused intently on anything, 
for better or worse. A meth addict's craving demands their whole presence. We can be lost or wholly absorbed in a compelling story, so much so that we lose track of time. Casinos try to keep us wholly engaged by not having windows or clocks in the gambling halls so we don't notice time's passage. Have you ever been playing a video game and lost track of time? I know my boys can get caught up and play into the wee hours of the night long past their intended ending time when they are wholly present with the game. I love to be wholly present with my grandkids. It's so rewarding because they reciprocate in spades. When you look into a young child's eyes, they look back. They don't splinter off into the land of, I'm uncomfortable, or I'm not sure if this level of connection is allowed, or the terrible land of, what are they thinking about me right now? Am I being too forward? Do they think I'm an idiot? Do they like me? Do they think I'm weird? Do they think I'm not respecting boundaries? And on and on and on. The yabba yabbas and the self-judgment. So if you struggle to be wholly present with others, try practicing on a young child or a baby. They will receive your eye contact without malice or judgment and be wholly present with you. We can also be wholly present when we're in crunch mode up against a deadline. I was wholly present helping with my daughter Adeline's wedding this weekend, which turned out beautifully. She asked me to do the flowers, which was intimidating. So I leaned in and tried to focus on each bouquet or arrangement and got lost in the process of putting all those gorgeous stems of color into glorious bundles of loveliness. When we combine the play theory principles of looking outward and being wholly present and ask what is needed, we enhance our relationships and achieve achieve the best outcomes in our lives and interactions with others. Being wholly or H-O-L-Y present sanctifies, adds value to our lives, and has the power to purify and improve us. Holy, H-O-L-Y, means sacred and set aside with a spiritual value. When we take time or make time for rituals that improve our focus and focus on something beyond us, for example, the cosmos, a beautiful mountain peak, or a thunderstorm, we are enriched and our perceptions and experience expanded. This kind of holy helps us feel at one with the universe and one another. We feel more peace. Currently, my theater company, Take Note Troupe, is staging Susical. And one of the, my favorite numbers from the show is Sala Salu. This song, if you're familiar with it, is this peaceful ballad that talks about a place of, of peace and unity. This song helps me rise above the mundane minutia of the day and elevates me to a place of peace and belonging. The feeling it evokes is a serene unity or holiness. Now the last homonym I wanted to use is holy, as in H-O-L-E-Y. That's a description of something with holes, like the knees of your favorite jeans. They're perfectly wearable, but there's something missing. There's a hole. 
Holy, or H-O-L-E-Y, present, means being there despite missing some things. The definition of holy is partial, solid yet lacking completion. Think of the holes in your genes. They're still genes, they just have a few holes. They're not fragments of genes. There's a foundation, substance, conviction, yet pieces are missing. If something in our understanding is holy, as in H-O-L-E-Y, it's not complete, but we can still use it. There are holes in our lives, like our genes. Parts of our understanding are missing. We don't know all things. We can't comprehend all human experience. As we go through our life experiences, our understanding grows, and some of the holes are filled in while other holes remain. If we focus on what we still lack, we'll never grow or move forward. So don't fall into the trap of inaction in the present because there are holes in our current understanding. Maybe our holy or partial clarity is instinct. We may feel a need or something that we should do, yet we don't see the why or the reason behind it. And that's okay. We can still take action. Here's some examples to help clarify what I mean. Maybe we're present enough to know that the food that we're eating makes us feel terrible, but we don't know the scientific basis for it. You just know that when you eat that certain something, maybe it's the thick crust pizza, that your stomach hurts and you feel bad. So you don't have the scientific basis for it, but you do have some understanding. That partial or holy understanding is enough to take action now in the present. You may not have a blood test proving you shouldn't eat that deep dish pizza that makes your stomach hurt, but you know you feel better when you don't eat it. So be present with that partial understanding and don't eat it. Here's another example. Maybe we feel an inkling to call an old friend out of the blue and we don't know why, but we feel like we should do it. I bet this has happened to you. When I've done that, it's usually been super rewarding and sometimes I even find out there was a reason. But not having a reason is not a good enough excuse to not take action when you feel drawn towards doing something. Here's another example of something that's happened to me. I had a sore knee, something wasn't working right, and the person who I went to regularly to do massage that was trying to help me sort it out, he had recommended doing a form of kundalini yoga. I knew nothing of kundalini yoga. I knew yoga was good for you. I think everybody knows yoga is good for you. But it was just enough of this information that prodded me to have more interest in it. Then I went out and visited a friend all the way over in uh, the East Coast, and she wanted me to go to a kundalini yoga class. And I went and had this really powerful experience. And that introduction, or I guess... um, invitation to do kundalini along with the invitation from my uh, masseuse, Eric, was enough to make me take this idea that I really didn't understand a lot about. I took it more seriously and I started a kundalini practice on a regular basis. I would do 
kundalini three to four times a week. I would just go on YouTube and find somebody and follow along. And at that practice has made a huge difference for me. But if I had waited to start practicing that form of yoga until I knew all about it or I understood what it really was, I would have never started. I would not be feeling the benefits that I feel. So sometimes you don't have all of the information, but that's okay. You can still take action in the present. Here are a couple of fun ones. I needed to find a specific costume for a character in a show that I was directing. It had to be a red and black sportsman's jacket, like a, a, footman's, a football player's letterman jacket. I didn't want to cough up the money to buy a real one. That would cost three to $500. And I've had a lot of really great luck thrifting costumes. So I'd gone to my usual haunts and sorted through the racks, and I didn't find it. But I felt peaceful about it. I felt like, I'll, I'll be able to figure this out. I've got plenty of time. And then one morning, I got up, and I still had kids at home. I was homeschooling my children. And I just had this little inkling that turned into this nagging thought that I needed to go to the thrift store to look for this red and black jacket again. And finally, it became somewhat persistent. And I just decided, okay, forget it. We will do English in the afternoon instead of this morning, or whatever the class was. And I put the kids in the car, and we drove down to the thrift store. And lo and behold, there was a red and black letterman's jacket, just exactly what I needed. So I I didn't know it was going to be there, but I had this feeling. You can call it instinct. You can call it inspiration. You can call it an inkling. You can call it the universe granting your wishes. But I took action in the present, even though I had a holy... Or, or there were limitations in my understanding of what was going to happen. But there was enough that I could take action. I knew that feeling that I, I needed to go down to the thrift store. And there was a specific thrift store that I felt like I should go to. And there it was. So when you have that sensation that there's something you need to do, but you can't see the outcome, or maybe you don't know the reason, having that partial clarity of, of direction or inspiration, that's enough to take action in the present. Sometimes once we take action, the reason is revealed. Sometimes we find out much later and sometimes we'll never know. But I want to encourage you to have confidence in that partial or holy presence of not knowing everything, but still being present and taking action. Have you ever had the sensation of being led in the present moment towards something you don't fully understand or comprehend, or you don't know all of the whys, but it turned out to be something positive. I would love to hear some of your stories. Let me wrap up this idea of being holy, holy and holy present. I used to ski a lot. One season, I even trained to be on the ski team at my university. We practiced at night and that was challenging because the temperatures were much colder and the slopes were much icier. But it was a great way to be present in the gates and on the fast runs. I had to be 100% present in my ski boots, on my skis, as I flew over the snow and ice, keeping my knees loose so they could absorb the unseen dips and ruts. It was scary to be moving fast over terrain I couldn't always see well. I stayed with it even though my perception had holes in it. 
It was challenging to be going that fast over rock-hard, icy patches, trying desperately to hold an edge and keep my line. I had to be 100% present in each moment and also wholly present with my higher aspirations and commitment to improvement and overcoming my weaknesses. I also couldn't let my holy perception stop me from taking action in each moment, even though I couldn't see all of the information. I had to be holy, holy, holy present to succeed. I hope this deep dive into these three homonyms gives you some food for thought. The principle of being present is so simple and yet so complicated. It's like the circumference of a circle, a concise formula that is simple yet infinite. The important part is that we use the present wholly to create the holy, even with all of its holes. Otherwise, we end up forfeiting our opportunities to take action in our current life. And we dwell instead in the past or the intangible future. I love this quote. The past of each of us is now inflexible. We need to concentrate on what has been called the holy present. For now is sacred We never really live in the future. The holy gift of life always takes the form of now, unquote. That's from Neil A. Maxwell. Our present moment is invaluable. It's all that is of value. So be in it wholly. Be present in your life to make it a holy experience that elevates you to your highest happiness. And when there's missing information and the holes of your understanding prohibit you from seeing the entire picture, don't forfeit your opportunity to act. Instead, take action in the holy presence of now. For this week's Play of the Week, try to notice when you're holy and holy present. Ask yourself how you feel when you're able to show up with intentionality. Notice if you're letting the holes in your understanding stop you from taking action, moving forward, and trusting that where you are and what you have at present is enough to take the next best step. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, and thanks for sharing the podcast with others that you think it will benefit. That's our goal. We want everyone to succeed in life, and the Play Theory game plans help do just that. I hope you'll continue to practice play theory in your day-to-day life, just like with our physical fitness, it's not a one and done. We'll only see results with regular practice, so keep it up. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we've got your back. Each week, we'll share ideas and practices to help you with your happiness game. Next week, we'll be learning about a very fun and easy way to exponentially increase your happiness and improve your physical well-being. Till then, remember, happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you make happen. So go out there and do it. We'll catch you next week. Till then, keep practicing. You got this.